0: Hello, and welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are here to meet the fascinating people who are using technology to drive the change that they want to see in the world. From transforming public services, education, and healthcare, to confronting humanity's greatest social and environmental challenges. If you're interested in meeting the people who are using technology to change our world, then you are in the right place. In today's episode, we talk to Oit Valsberg, the Chief Data Officer for the Government of Estonia. A small country of 1.3 million people, Estonia is nested neatly in the heart of one of the most digitally dynamic parts of the world. The country's capital, Tallinn, is just 50 miles from Helsinki in Finland to the north, and it's a short 230-mile hop across the Baltic Sea to Stockholm in Sweden to the west. Today we talk to Oyt about Estonia's remarkable ascent from gaining independence from the Soviet Union in 1991 to becoming one of the most digitally advanced societies in the world. He gives us an insight into how exactly Estonia has managed to build such a comprehensive and seamlessly integrated set of government digital services, and we find out about the appropriately named Bureaucrat, Estonia's AI-driven virtual assistant for the nation. Launched last year, the government is now looking for able developers all around the globe to help build it into a service for the world. I began by asking Oit to let us in on what being Chief Data Officer for a government
1: entails. So, as a government chief data officer, I oversee the strategic coordination of basically the whole data ecosystem in Estonia. So this includes many different areas, uh, starting from data governance. We are working with data management, data quality, um, providing access to government health data, making sure that different entities, both from the private sector, from universities different public sector entities can access government health data. We are also uh, spearheading with the team our government AI strategy and its implementation. So in many ways, it is not only strategic coordination, but also implementation on different um, kind of focus areas. And we are collaborating with different agencies um, within central government, who we together with uh, actually carry out those strategies.
0: Great. So Estonia as a nation has built something of a reputation, I suppose.
1: Where, where do you think that, what's the historic
0: view on that? Where does Estonia get this reputation from being particularly digitally advanced
1: from? So I guess m- much has to do with the history itself. So you know uh, in 91 when uh, the revolution became uh, and Estonia become independent then early on Estonia wasn't that, uh, that wealthy and uh, kind of the electronic or uh, e-Estonia was for us a way to achieve efficiency. Uh, we didn't have that much uh, kind of old existing infrastructure and uh, what to build on. We had great collaboration with private sector, which early on allowed us to actually have a kind of a, a quick mover advantage in many ways. So early on, we were able to quickly uh, have electronic IDs, vote online, conduct bank transactions and so forth. Uh, so early on, this was just a way for us to do things efficiently. And then other countries caught on to that. This is actually a real thing not only that uh, something that Estonia and some other countries uh, have been doing. So I think kind of the first mover advantage in many ways and being always kind of trying to push yourself further, even now that Estonia is wide known, we are still trying to uh, think about that. What is the next step for the government? We should never stop innovating, never stop providing citizens or customers the best possible services. So thinking as a business allows us to provide the best services as well, keeping the customer in the mind.
0: Great, so the latest example of that, I suppose, is Bureaucrat, which is a an AI-driven system to integrate a lot of different government services, as I understand it. But could you, um, could you give us a bit of an insight into what that is and what the history of, of that is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Together with our previous government chief information officer, Sim Sikut, we came up with the um, concept Birokrat in 2020, uh, in February. And the idea was that uh, how we can transform and make government even more uh, customer uh, centric and provide accessibility to different uh, government services. So in a nutshell, Birokrat is government virtual assistant. And how it actually plays out in practicality is that citizens, um, businesses, they don't need to know which government agency is actually responsible for different uh, public services. Uh, people can use the device and channels. They can actually interact with the government. So whether it is uh, via WhatsApp or Apple Siri or Amazon Alexa or you name it. So really empowering and enabling citizens to decide on what grounds, how the interaction with the government actually goes on. All the services, we are not talking about the chatbot. We are talking about getting actual services. So getting notifications when your passport is um, expiring and renewing it from that same conversation. Um, We are right now trying also to push the kind of um, Uh, foundation even further and uh, we're starting to work on sign language interpretation as well so if we truly talk about complete accessibility to everyone then it shouldn't only be via voice or via texting or typing we should also think about sign language as one alternative way to do that um There are some countries that we are looking up to on these topics as well. For instance, South Korea has done tremendous work to improve accessibility. But really, making the government completely device and channel agnostic and empowering people to decide on what grounds how proactive the government can truly be. It's
0: impressive, I think, is is the best word for that. Well, Out of interest, actually, how did Estonia managed to get past its legacy in order to build things in such a neatly joined up way? Because that's where a lot of people would struggle in terms of government services, Um, being able to create a unified system that that works uh, cross-border, if you like, so seamlessly. How did you go about doing that in the first place?
1: So first of all, getting the backbone sorted out that uh, we have some set principles, standards that need to be followed uh, for instance, I mentioned previously on the data exchange side, XRoads. So any data exchange between um, government information systems must go through XROAD, for instance. These are backbones. And at the same time, concrete requirements as well, that, uh, for instance, if an information system is uh, built, uh, what are the security standards, requirements, and data quality that needs to be met? Um, how that new information uh, system or extra data services needs to be registered and uh, findable uh, by others. So getting the basics right. And then comes the practical side. Um, I truly believe that uh, what has been in many ways success is that even our strategies, sometimes they resemble to some degree almost as if action plans. There are the strategic focuses, but they are at the same time quite practical in uh, the way what they want to achieve. So even if we are talking about becoming humor-centric digital government as one of the objectives, then the actions themselves, if you go deeper into talk about how a data tracker should be implemented in all government um, registries, databases, information systems, how we should empower citizens to share all government health data, have an overview of what the data the government has, and so on. And then you actually have the actual plans, which have already outlined on a kind of two, three-year period time on what needs to be done. And then you have a kind of objectives, key results on a yearly basis that are adapted on a kind of half a year, um, a quarterly, and so on. So it is quite practical down the road. So how to get those objectives and results. And similarly, kind of half jokingly, people have told that if we look at our AI strategy itself, it is more of an AI action plan with uh, budget, uh, concrete deliverables, KPIs, very concrete, uh, what needs to be done with two year, three year period. So in many ways, it's uh, being practical. We don't have too much funds to just mess around and do analysis. We need to actually get things done.
0: What, were the, what do you think the main hurdles were historically to actually being able to do that? Because in other countries, um, uh, uh, privacy issues and, and the, the idea of getting legislation through from a government point of view to actually allow a lot of this to happen is uh, continues to be a main, a big obstacle. How do you think it was that Estonia was able to get over that?
1: So all in all, we have seen that uh, there is a, a quite high trust in the government Um, Even during uh, our EID crisis and everything else, people's trust in the government remains high. Um, Regarding legislation, I would always like to say that it is not fast enough in Estonia, but it is agile enough that we are able to actually carry out innovative uh, projects. But still, I I think in this ground, we can always do more and be even uh, kind of more uh, adaptive, but... At the same time, the level of protection that we have. So all the data that the government has, we always keep in mind purpose limitations. So we cannot use data for any reason or uh, idea that someone in the government has. So at the same time, we have taken even practical steps if you talk about the trust. So for instance, we have data tracker. Uh, implemented in the government's uh, most important information systems whereby if you go to the government portal something similar to gov.uk you authenticate yourself and you see how those different government information systems have actually processed your data and for what reason and similarly private sector entities who are using uh, data from those specific uh, registries. I'm going to give you an example as well. So. In Tallinn, in Estonia, much of public transportation is free uh, to citizens. So in order to check up if you're actually living in that municipality, so transportation is free, uh, we have different companies that are checking from uh, population registry where you're living. So you can see from Data Tracker when they have done that and for what reason. Uh, similarly, we came out with um, uh, consent service Last uh, December, whereby we now empower citizens to decide which third-party stakeholders can access government health data, and as part of uh, our current AI GovStack uh, procurement, we are actually trying to push further even the idea of privacy-enhancing technologies. What if we are able to make population registry, for instance, or all government uh, banking transactions? available as open data without actually showing who are the people behind it so really thinking about how we can ensure trust privacy at the same time utilizing data to the most benefit of the society
0: wow so that sounds like um the big push so i mean uh, what would you describe as the being the vision for the next five years generally where how far can this go do you think
1: so uh, when we talk about bureaucrat itself, then the vision truly is that uh, we have bureaucrat implemented in uh, the major uh, government agencies. Also, we have internationally uh, integrated organizations to bureaucrate um, as well, and you're able to use kind of most impactful public services via bureaucrat. So for instance, if you get to the traffic accidents, you are able to get everything sorted out, not from only government perspective, but also uh, getting your car fixed, uh, getting everything sorted with your insurance provider. So getting 20 of the most impactful public services in a personalized way, also making bureaucrat available via Apple Siri and other uh, virtual assistants and um, having it implemented in at least let's say 35 different government uh, primary agencies so this is kind of the vision for 2025 so not too far ahead
0: right and um you need uh you need lots of people to help build this right which is uh part of what we're talking about today is um maybe you could tell us
1: what it is you need and and who you need and why so what I didn't previously perhaps mention is that um, kind of one of the ground, uh, grounds for building the next generation e-government is uh, being transparent and open. So everything that we do when it comes to bureaucrat and our AI-powered government uh, strategy itself as well, then we try to do it open source. And I truly believe that if we are using public funds, then what we call the government AI stack should be available to everyone, uh, both within Estonia and internationally. And in order to make this change to to being data-driven, making sure that government uses data for decision-making in a right way, that people's privacy are preserved. We need the best experts across the globe. And at the same time, we are trying to push the boundary of uh, that everyone should have a way of contributing to making the site as a whole better. So I think our procurement uh, framework that we came out is a great way for everyone to collaborate and be part of the Estonia success story and hopefully at the same time extend it also to other countries.
0: Right. So by by joining in uh, with this program of work, people anywhere in the world potentially can not only contribute to the success of, of of the program there in Estonia, but potentially globally and including in the places where they reside. Is that the, is that the idea?
1: Exactly. So um, already today we are Um, in contact with a dozen different international organizations and countries which are thinking similarly to adopt and implement the solutions that we are building. And at the same time, I would really urge other countries to take the same mindset as well, that if you're developing anything that others could benefit, make it open source. For instance, even our backbone for data exchange XROAD is available as open source uh, technology similar to bureaucracy, similar to our state information system, register, and so on. So the idea is that if we are using public funds, let's make that everyone benefits from that.
0: Well, do, are there any um, risks? Is there nervousness at all about how if everything is so open and transparent that it might be exposed to potential risks? How do you manage that?
1: So this is actually a kind of a false premise that if you keep everything uh, to the heart, that this keeps things more secure. Um, even when we talk previously about the transparency and the trust, being transparent about how different systems function and work builds trust in people. And at the same time, you can offer bounty and so on if you actually find critical uh, problems related to a system. So. Um, doing penetration testing and so on this is um, kind of given anyways so just keeping something close to your heart doesn't make make it uh, kind of less uh, um, more secure in that way
0: what kind of uh,
1: what kind of people are you looking for what kind of skills uh, are you are you in need of so we're right now focusing really on uh, the kind of uh, data aspect so data scientists, data architects, data analysts, and so on. But also, um, if you have some of those roles, but at the same time, you are most uh, more uh, proposed, uh, kind of more working with developers, um, you can also be part of the Deskbed itself. So there are many different ways you can um, contribute to, but um, with the data focus, that's given. Great, and if they want to join in, how do they go about doing it? So the best way is uh, to find more information from eEstonia website e um, slash estonia dot com, and we have AAI uh, GovStack Testbed website, and there you can already find information on our public pro- uh, procurement registry and all other information on what is needed. But I can just say that even the procurement itself is extremely easy to participate in. It is not your t- uh, typical public procurement whereby you need to do tons of paperwork. Uh, it's really straightforward.
0: Right, because that, that, that was going to be my next question, actually, having experienced this personally. <laughs> the um, uh, public procurement can be almost um, not worth the effort, a lot of, and people might be thinking that as well. like, so, well. I haven't got the time but you're saying actually come and have a look because it's it's not it's it's different
1: to be honest there is nothing actually to lose so if you um if you meet the requirements criteria then just make that proposal because everyone who meets the criteria are in so really there's nothing to lose great then already down the road you can decide if you want to collaborate with the government or not
0: why, why should people get involved in this? What's in it for them?
1: So uh, it is uh, really a chance for people to contribute to the, the success story and contribute to the well-being of the whole society. And at the same time, do a little bit nice business on the road and the side as well. Of course.
0: And actually, you said that, that you're running this like a business, right? Why is this more like running a business perhaps than you know running a government program?
1: So in many ways, uh, it is about uh, testing kind of, um, the, kind of how your customers, what your customers are thinking on a regular basis uh, trying to make, trying to actually get customers to use your service. This means that your service has to be better than the one in the market today. How to make the change that uh, people who are using the information systems that exist today make them switch to virtual assistant. It is oftentimes easier to cling on to the service that is existing previously. So with any new technology, any new way of operating, you need to actually produce a lot of value to the client. And it's the same with the the government. The previous existing way still persists, but how to get customers to your new service? You need to think as a business. In many ways, you are competing against other service providers.
0: I am assuming that there's been some impressive leadership involved in this because this is uh, you. You don't get to build all of this without some very solid um, uh, sponsorship from the top, right? So this is presumably quite core to to way to the way that Estonia itself governs itself. Is it, would you say that that's true?
1: Yeah, to, yeah, absolutely. To some degree, uh, without kind of uh, politician support and so on, it wouldn't be uh, possible. But uh, I would also extend uh, kind of the gratitude uh, to our private sector as well. And hopefully in future to private sector across the globe, uh, together with, we can uh, build uh, the GovStack. So uh, it's, it's really to do a lot with collaboration. Sometimes it is um, testing out for both sides. It is not only for us. Uh, for instance, we are right now working on similar uh, project with Microsoft. So there is international interest, but also local interest by different stakeholders on to see what is possible. And sometimes even for us, we are testing out new things.
0: Great, and, and on that, um uh the collaboration with the private sector that's obviously it's you you need lots of uh uh suppliers and partners to and actually let's call them partners because they need to invest in this too presumably and the ability to to collaborate in that in like a business is caught as the to the success here I, I guess
1: um absolutely so um we are partners all the way down the road so um no one would be willing to collaborate if they wouldn't get anything back in return. And at the same time, if we were to build everything alone, then the cost for us even from that perspective would just rise quite a lot. And at the same time, you know, Estonia is a small country. Um, we need to do things in an efficient way. And in the end, even if bureaucracy uh, bureaucrat is adapted uh, or adopted by other countries, in the end, it is beneficial for us as well. Hopefully, someone will contribute something that we might, in the future, use as well.
0: Great. I spent a lot of time on the on the phone a while back with uh, uh, folks a bit like you in uh, in Finland, and we were talking about healthcare in particular in that case, but because there's some really cool stuff going on there. Um, and one of the, the, the points that was made there is that actually by doing things in this way as a government, what you're able to do is provide new opportunities uh, and almost a platform for um, the, the nation's private sector, for the innovators, for the startups. There's a, it helps to foster an, an, an innovative economy. Do you, would you say that that's true where you are as well in approaching the things that the way you do?
1: Absolutely. Um, so in many ways, uh, what we are also kind of been offering is, Estonia is a testbed in many ways. So if you have new service ideas that you, you don't know whether it works, no one else does, we neither, um, let's test that. Let's see if it actually produces value for, uh, for you as a business, uh, to citizens, as potential clients and so on. So, we always have the kind of the mindset that uh, um we are more than open for innovation and uh, testing out. So this will down the road benefit the economy as well, and the private sector. And I guess right. uh, this this is what actually one of the reasons as well that if you look at Estonia as a whole, then we have the most um, unicorns per kind of population so I think it pays off in the long run clearly
0: yeah thanks very much for joining us today it sounds like exciting things are happening in Estonia in terms of e-government remind us once more of how people can uh, can join in and contribute their skills
1: yeah so we right now have an open uh, uh, procurement whereby we are calling all companies across the globe to take part of building AI-powered government. You can find more information from eestonia.com.
0: That was the Tech
1: for Good podcast. Visit techforgood.net to listen to more or subscribe via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Stitcher.